Welcome to episode six of Eat This, Not That, the podcast that helps you make the best food choice every time. I'm John Hammond, and this is Dave Zanzenko, creator and author of Eat This, Not That. Hi, everyone. Now, we're really excited to tell you that the Eat This, Not That podcast is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill. Bob's Red Mill is an employee-owned company that has been offering organic, gluten-free, and stone-ground products for decades. With Bob's Red Mill, you're not just getting quality, you're getting flavor-packed, healthy food that actually tastes amazing. Visit bobsredmill.com today. Bob's Red Mill, good food for all. Now, sleep. This is something that most of us really don't associate with the foods that we eat. As a matter of fact, most of us probably don't think much about what affects our sleep. We just know that we need to get as much as we can. But a new study from the University of Pennsylvania suggests that Americans over the past 13 years have actually improved their sleep habits slightly. The researchers found that we're getting a whopping 1.4 minutes more per weeknight. Now, that's really not a lot, right, Dave? <laughs> that's huge. Yeah. That's point, huge. That's like that's, 10 minutes a week. You're not even hitting the snooze. <laughs> you're, not even, you're not even getting a snooze button with 1.4 minutes. In, in other words, it's not enough. It's, it's better, but not enough. Now, according to the CDC, adults like Dave and I and yourselves should get seven or more hours per night. That would be pretty good. The average American gets about 6.8 hours per night. Close, but not good enough. Who sleeps the most? South Dakota. They may as well be called Snooze Dakota. 71.6% of the population gets at least seven hours. Who sleeps the least? Dave, what do you think? Uh, This was surprising to me, by the way. I'm going with New York. Not New York. New York, 62% get seven hours or more, which is Hmm. not bad. Hmm. California, 66, also not bad. But the lowest, Hawaii. Hawaii sleeps the least with 56% of the population logging at least seven hours. That's not much. Um, That's not much at all. Now, many of us, myself included, often wear our lack of sleep or our ability to what we think is uh, an ability to operate on little sleep as a badge of honor. But there's a real problem with not getting enough sleep, right, Dave? Oh, my gosh. Let's get into it. You know, you have the CDC, first of all. It's the Center's for disease control, they're basically saying that a third of U.S. adults report that they usually get less than the recommended amount of sleep. Not getting enough sleep is linked with many chronic diseases and conditions. We're talking here about uh, not fun stuff, diabetes, heart disease, obesity, depression, uh, all these things threaten our nation's health. Now, recent studies have suggested an association between sleep duration and weight gain. Now, Sleeping less than five hours or more than nine hours a night appears to increase the likelihood of weight gain. In one study, recurrent sleep deprivation in men increased their preferences for high-calorie foods and their overall calorie intake. In another study, women who slept less than six hours a night or more than nine hours were more likely to gain 11 pounds, that's five kilos, uh, if you're overseas, compared with women who slept seven hours a night. Other studies have found similar patterns in children and adolescents. So there's a sweet spot there, right? Too few or too much sleep is not good. So it looks like that seven-hour window is really where where you want to be. Yeah. You want to get more than your five-and-a-half or your six-and-a-half. You should try to get a little over seven, even as much as eight if you can. Now, for me, sleep equals recovery. Sleep is – I view sleep as that time where my body, my mind, everything is – you know, even our digestive systems is – able to pause and kind of recover and and kind of rebuild itself. And, and that's, to me, that's what helps keep you healthy. I've really focused on getting a lot more sleep over the over the past several months, just because, you know, I'm getting older. It looked like you needed it. We've joked about this. I've said 
how most days I go home and I don't fall asleep so much as I just like pass out, right? Because you're just so exhausted from the day. And I guess, mm. you know, falling asleep is one thing, staying asleep is another. And I think that's where food comes into play, right? It's like how what you eat during the day can disrupt that sleep so you're not getting enough deep sleep. Okay, so speaking of food, like what are the foods that can really wreak havoc with a good night's sleep? Let's start with the obvious, right? A big meal is going to lead to a rough night's sleep, right? You, you've, everyone's heard about the meat sweats, stuff like that. You know, eating a meal packed with uh, fat can really disrupt your slumber. Uh, your body is going to work a lot harder to digest a heavy meal that's really weighed down with a lot of fat. You're probably going to make a couple bathroom trips in the middle of the night. That's going to disrupt your sleep. You know, reducing your, your intake of fried food is a great way to get some more restful sleep. A 2016 study published in the Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine found that diets high in saturated fat promote less restful sleep. So ditch the fried stuff if you want to sleep better tonight. And of course, alcohol. You know, oh, I while, knew you were going to go there. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh -huh. I think everyone, everyone listening had their fingers crossed. I'm sorry, but a late night glass of wine can help you relax and, and wind down. And it might help you fall asleep faster. It actually prevents your body from fully indulging in its REM, that rapid eye movement sleep cycle, which is where the truly restful sleep and dreaming occurs. And, and I can speak from example on this because I started wearing a sleep tracker a few months back, again, in, in my obsession, my growing obsession with just data for everything. And I noticed that, you know, it, it shows how long I sleep for when I'm in a deep sleep window, when I'm in a light sleep window. And on nights where I might have that one extra beer or glass of wine, just one extra drink. I now know what my limit is. I'm not going to tell you what my limit is, but I, I know what my limit is. But I know like if I, if I have that one more, I know it's going to have an impact on my sleep. So I'm very conscious of that as I go through the evening. Well, there are also some less you know, obvious things, not to keep bumming everyone out but the you know you have the hidden caffeines and you know everybody knows that hey there's you know caffeine in my cola or my coffee or my you know black tea but let's not forget about the less obvious caffeine sources like chocolate so you take something like Hershey's special dark chocolate bar that has a whopping 31 milligrams and that's almost as much as a can of soda so there's that then there's some protein bars that have caffeine too a Cliff Bar, for example, uh, serves up 50 milligrams of caffeine, which is more than a can of, of soda. Spicy foods, you lie down with a full belly and it can make you uncomfortable uh, since the digestive system slows down when you sleep, and that can also lead to heartburn, as can spicy cuisines. So it's increasing your core temperature on top of all of that, and it's making restful sleep challenging. Then there's protein. Protein is great during the day. It's not so much so when you're ready for bed. It's harder to digest, and it contains the amino acid tyrosine, which promotes brain activity. You want to slow down the brain activity, not speed it up. Um, and then, of course, there's water. It, you want to stay hydrated, but you know you try to get enough during the day. If you chug a lot before bed, it's going to mean you're going to be up in the in a couple hours. That's no fun either. Now, protein was surprising to me because I would I would think that you know especially if you're working out or exercising a lot, you think before bed you want that dose of protein so your body can recover. But as you well, said before, like your body works harder to digest, digest protein, right? Protein than 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 carbs or fat. So you know that's the the thermic effect of eating. It's called, and that's good because it's it's keeping you full and it's and it's harder to for your body to digest. It's just not great when your body's trying to do all this while you're sleeping. One. Okay, so now that we know what some of the foods stopping a steady stream of sheep leaping over a fence are, let's talk about the foods we can stock up on 
that will actually help us catch some Zs. But first, now, if you're listening, I'm going to guess that, like Dave and I, you care deeply about what you put in your body, which is why I'm so thankful that companies like Bob's Red Mill produce quality products that I can stand behind. The employee-owned company has been offering organic, gluten-free, and stone-ground products for decades. Yeah, for anyone with a gluten allergy or, or celiac disease, all Bob's Red Mill's gluten-free products are processed in a 100% gluten-free facility that ensures that there's no cross-contamination so you can feel safe and confident with your sensitivities. For those of you who are catering to a paleo or a gluten-free or a vegan diet, or for those who just want the highest quality flours, grains, and, and meals, period, Bob's Red Mill is a your go-to. So head to bobsredmill.com to shop and explore their huge range of products and get inspiration from hundreds of recipes. And you can stock up on gluten-free, paleo, and vegan products, as Dave mentioned, from oats to flowers, meals, for a healthy family and a happy heart. I personally use this at home. I use the rolled oats every morning for my oatmeal. Uh, I use the quinoa and a number of other products. Uh, it's all great. And with Bob's Red Mill, you're not just getting quality. You're getting flavor-packed, healthy food that actually tastes amazing. Visit bobsredmill.com today. Bob's Red Mill, good food for all. Now, let's get back to catching some Z's. Hi, this is Jim Miller. Available now, Origins, Chapter 5, Sex in the City, Present at Creation. Featuring Sarah Jessica Parker, Kristen Davis, Cynthia Nixon, Chris Noth, and others from the seminal series, now marking its 20th anniversary. The first day of production of the series, I walked a couple blocks to the set, and I never looked back. We're going to throw a spotlight on the show's earliest days in an effort to understand how it all got started and some of the craziness from there. Sometimes women are having sex that's really horrible and that they don't even want to be having. You know, it was a shock to the system and a lot of the critics were just like, what the heck is this? I mean, the whole Mr. Big thing has got real leg to it, (laughs) for better or worse. Join us for Origins Deep Dive into Sex in the City, the story behind the show that revolutionized the adult sitcom and reimagined the eternal search for lust and, of course, love. They were like, let's just make a show. If we all are happy, we'll do more. Get it now on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever you get your shows. Now, going to bed hungry may actually hurt your slumber and your weight loss efforts. A rumbling stomach can prevent you from falling asleep or wake you up mid-slumber, which has happened to me, and there's nothing worse than waking up at 2 a.m. and having that pit of hunger in your stomach and just knowing that you're not going to get back to sleep. It's the worst. A restless or shortened sleep can confuse your metabolism enough to promote weight gain. Not only that, but starving yourself of energy causes your brain to get hangry. Nobody wants that at 2 a.m. It signals your body to delve into its lean muscle stores for fuel. So... What are you going to do? Well, you're going to go with a light snack. And by light snack, I mean something that's 200 calories or less. This is substantial enough to keep the hunger pangs at bay through the night, but not so heavy that it's going to disrupt your sleep. Now, this is something that you've mentioned before, Dave, and it's going to be music to many folks here. Carbs. Yeah, carbs uh, are a good choice. Uh, Carb is not a four-letter word. If uh, you use them to fight away the late-night hunger pangs, as long as they aren't, you know, refined, uh, processed carbs, that's what you got to, you know, stay away from. So you're going to think like whole wheat toast plus peanut butter, uh, not a Twinkie, no Twinkies. That's not carb-tastic. Even better, and contrary to popular belief, 
eating carbs at night can boost your metabolism. There's this uh, great study that they did in the European Journal of Nutrition, and that found that folks who ate most of their daily carbs at night showed a significantly higher diet-induced thermogenesis. So whole grain toast with nut butter, uh, maybe some fruit for, for an easy digesting carb, something that I'm a big fan of and, has, and have been since childhood, cereal and milk, right? As long as it's not something like Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, yeah, no, Fruity Pebbles or Count Chocula, that's not going to do the, the trick. The milk will do the trick because it contains the amino acid tryptophan, which serves as a precursor for the hormone serotonin, which is a sleep-inducing agent. And something that has been a big hit with Eat This, Not That readers is the lovely, yellow, bright, delicious banana. If you want to crank up your, your sleep food re regime, you, you add a banana to it, right? Cereal, milk, and maybe some cut-up banana. It contains tryptophan. Nice. You know, I like bananas, big fan. Um, Greek yogurt, huge fan. More protein, half the calories. And uh, if you mix that with a little honey and, and ground flaxseed, which gives it a little nutty flavor, um, that's terrific. Flaxseed is, uh, you know, a huge source of omega-3s, which can promote restful sleep and reduce inflammation. And they are also an easy way to add fiber to your diet, too little of which many researchers have linked to sleep disturbances. And we're, most of us are not getting enough fiber in the course of our day anyway, right? Not, a, like not even near, not even, not even close. It's right. not, you know, you should ideally be shooting for, you know, 25 to 30 grams of fiber and most people are getting 10 to 15. So we should all be trying to double our fiber intake. And this one, while most of us might be just tired of, of hearing about it, it, it holds true. This is an amazing food that seems to be work its way into every conversation. Avocados. Make avocados part of your mealtime plan for better sleep. Yeah, you don't even have to go crazy, but you want to get a decent amount of magnesium, and that's where avocados can come in because they have 67 milligrams of it per cup. You know, So even if you do a half cup, you're still getting a whopping amount, and they're a great addition to a, to a sleep routine, and it's a, a very healthy uh, fat. So there was a study of elderly patients, and, and that showed that magnesium supplementation reduced the amount of time before the onset of sleep, plus an increased total sleep time, and it even played a role in modulating the body's production of melatonin and cortisol. So, um, some more avocado toast. That's like a three fur. Great. Some more avocado toast then, right? Whole, whole grain toast with some avocado. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, fruit. Some people worry about it because they worry about their sugar intake, but you know, not so fast. It's really key to deeper, more restful sleep um, when deployed properly. You can add some red fruit to your meals. Reservatrol is an antioxidant pigment that's found in fruits like strawberries, raspberries, grapes, red apples, as well as foods like peanuts and chocolate. And this actually helps you to regulate your sleep-wake cycles. So get under the down comforter with this you know, sleep-inducing food from down under. Kiwi. Kiwi. Look Kiwi. at that. Kiwi can do it. Now it's not red, but it's it's still um, a powerful uh, sleep inducer. Uh, you know, in a different study, uh, not to you know drop too many studies, but these participants. You study they, a lot. I know. I, I just Very buried, buried in the stuff. Um, these uh, participants, they had two kiwi fruits uh, one hour before bedtime, nightly, for four weeks. 
and they fell asleep 35% faster than those who didn't, you know, besides the fact that it's rich in antioxidants and carotenoids and vitamins C and E, it also contains a familiar hormone, which I just mentioned, serotonin. And this sleep hormone is related to rapid eye movement. Um, so you want that REM sleep and its low levels may cause insomnia. So fruit's okay. Whole grain carbs are great. Avocados are great. Bananas are great. Cereal and milk is great. No fruity you know, pebbles. There's, there's, there are a number of options to eat before you go to bed so you don't go to bed hungry and wake up hangry, right? This is great news. Right. We all want to sleep more and better. So there you have it. Go ahead and snack before you snooze. By the way, the team at Eat This Not That has even more great smart swaps so you can sleep better at eatthis.com, including the 20 best foods for better sleep and the natural sleep hack that's better than Ambien. Ooh. For more great ideas and inspiration, be sure to subscribe. Visit our website, eatthis.com. Join us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram at eatthisnotthat. And follow Dave. He's at Dave Zinzenko on Twitter and Instagram. More importantly, let us know what food choices are on your mind. We'll tackle them here for you so you can be confident that you are making the right choice every time. Thanks for listening, and we hope that you join us again for a steady stream of fun, informative, and mind-blowing food knowledge from me and Dave and a bunch of experts and guests that will help you eat this not that. Ciao, ciao.